You're listening to the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Hey, Colorado Springs. This is Jenny Bayless, and I am excited to have our guest on today. We are going to be speaking with Rick Stahl, and he's an engineer by day and owns multiple rental properties along the Front Range, including Colorado Springs in Pueblo, which is what we're going to focus on today. Rick, how are you doing? Very good, Jenny. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on. If if you wouldn't mind, would you be able to tell everyone a little bit about your real estate background and um, you know, kind of where you're at today? Sure, sure. Yeah, so I grew up in North Dakota. I wanted to be an engineer, so I went down the technical path. Uh, I eventually got, you know, got an associate's degree and then an engineering degree and moved out to Colorado back, you know, 20 years ago. And I was very happy working working for the man at an engineering firm and uh, got married, had a kid. We were living up in Longmont in a small uh, townhome, and it was getting too small, so we needed to move in 2007. So right as the market was starting to, to crack, um, we went to sell our little townhome, and it, it was I was going to lose $10,000 after uh, all the money I put into it. And I was gonna, you know, lose a lot of money. So I told my wife, I was like, I asked my wife, I was like, I can't do any worse than losing ten thousand dollars. So I've always <laughs> wanted to try to get into real estate. I've always wanted to be a landlord. So, you know, we kept the townhome, scraped up enough money to buy the second house, and rented out the townhome. And I was nervous, scared to this whole real estate landlord thing, but it turned out wonderful. The first tenants were just great people. Uh, I felt like I was adding value and helping the community. Uh, and, you know, I started calculating numbers as an engineer and laid out my worst case, best case scenarios. And I I was hoping for a best case. And, and I came back like a year or two later and the numbers just blow everything away. You know, it's, even with a down market, I was still making uh, good cash flow and they're, you know, they're paying off the principal. And uh, so anyhow, that was my step into it. And it was very nice. Do you still own that property today? I do. Yep. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that's um, definitely something to kind of highlight, you know, since we're kind of entering this phase of uncertainty, um, you know, as you will. So I think that it's really good to just highlight that, you know, if you buy a good performing property that you know, is constructed well in a good location, um, just a, a very good rental property and just kind of hang on to it for a while. Um, I think more than likely you'll end up ahead um, in that scenario. Yeah, we actually just paid it off uh, a couple of years ago. So hey, congrats. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So did you pay it off or did your tenants pay it off? Uh, very good point. <laughs> Both, I think. Very good. Yeah. That, no, that's great. That's that's great. So um, how many properties do you have now and kind of where are they located? So we have seven uh, properties and two of them are duplexes. So we have nine doors. And then just recently, I've dipped my toes into fix and flips down in Pueblo. Very cool. So... 
I know I I know that when we we're talking before, you're mentioning that um, you have a couple of properties located in Colorado Springs. So um, buy and hold rentals. So let's let's start there. We'll kind of talk about that, and we'll move to your Pueblo um, fix and flip a little later. Um, so how many properties do you have in Colorado Springs right now? Uh, three. Three. Okay. And I know um, they're kind of located usually in the on the west side of town, right? Right. Two two of the three are on the west side. And then the last one I bought is in kind of a little bit on the east side. Okay. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So I'm sure they're probably pretty high in demand um, with tenants yep, yep. <laughs> uh, being on the west side and everything. Um, but I know that you're you're mentioning to me one property that's kind of um, interesting in particular, um, specifically um, what you're doing to to do a value add to it. So uh, yeah, if you could if you could kind of enlighten everyone, just a little bit of background on on the property as it currently is, and then what you're looking to do, um, you know, with your ADU. Right. So this property was my first one down in Colorado Springs. I, it was new to me down to the Springs, and it was just a little more affordable. That's why I was heading down there and then you know now heading to Pueblo yeah. <laughs> uh, but I went down there it was a, a estate sale essentially uh, I got to know the owner the owner was showing the house so it was kind of an odd situation and I actually you know just struck up a conversation with her and got to know her you know and it was her family home so you know in the world of business and stuff it's still personal these are people's homes and sure. she grew up there and anyhow so that helped you know me try to find this deal and I wanted to I needed you know to have it at the right price mm-hmm. and and so I just read the book uh what was it never split the difference by Chris Voss and you know he gives a lot of tips on there about you know just have your numbers and just keep expressing over and over you know this is the number I needed at and you know there's you know, don't play games and just lay it out there. And that's what I did. And they came down like, I don't know, $16,000, I think, on the, the list price. And so I picked it up for, I think, one sixty three, which is pretty good, right? But it had foundational issues. So that was, again, a new and challenging aspect of real estate I've never tried before. And I became a structural engineer very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> And so I, I had I had uh, uh, quotes anywhere from ten thousand to one hundred and ten thousand, <laughs> and you have to try to weed through these and understand what what you're buying, what you're getting for all that. And I found the right guy. Uh, they they were thirty thousand uh, dollars, and it, the only problem is it takes they're so booked up they were at the time. I think 2018, it took like six weeks for them to come in. So I was just sitting on the house for six weeks. We could do a little demo. Uh, but anyhow, they came in, they put in wall anchors, they put in piers, they put in some black epoxy in the walls to keep everything straight. And it, anyhow, they they foundationally got every, everything secure. And then we were able to proceed with the rehab and clean that up. But the best thing I love about that property, it comes with like four lots on it. And you can sit out in the back. Pikes Peak is right up, looking up at it. It's just a beautiful yard. And so anyhow, we were able to save the house and just have a great location. That's that's amazing. And yeah, like you said, um, the west side of town 
the, the, the push and pull there, obviously, you know, the location, the views, um, are, are the pros there. And then, yeah, you're probably going to have a bit of structural issues uh, on the west side of town, unfortunately, just because of, you know, the soil quality and soil type um, over there. So I'm glad that you were able to get it for 30K. I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, um, I've definitely seen uh, worse worse bids for structural out there. So you're able to get a, a, a super solid house for, for that. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, and, you know, you were mentioning to me earlier that you're looking to put an ADU on, on the property. So um, are, is each lot zoned for a single family? Because you mentioned it came with four lots or are those also like multiple family um, lot zonings as well? Right. So the all four lots, it's considered one unit, but now we're replatting it to be one unit. Okay. And, it's, and it's zoned for uh, a two, a duplex. So it's the main house and then the ADU. Okay. Yeah. And it, it sounds like the ADU has kind of been a pain uh, to, to, to get up and running. Yeah, that's one thing I I never expected. I, I well, I kind of expected it because I tried doing it myself. I tried calling the city, and I tried to figure out what I could do to what what I don't even know what to do. You know, help me, city, <laughs> and, and it was so painful. I'd call on my days off from work, and they'd say, "Call me back on Monday," and I'm at work, and I had my wife try to call, and it just everything was just not going anywhere. So I gave up on it. And then finally, I talked to my handyman down the springs, and he knows somebody that's a builder. And so I called him up, and then he's been working with the city, and he knows all the right things to do and paper to push. And even with that, it's been over a year, and we're still trying to get through the city to get it first just replatted and then have the building permit. Wow. So so for the house that's there, you bought it for... 163 you put 30k in structural um what about you know did did the home need any other renovations um to it to get it in a in a good rentable um condition well if you didn't want to live in 1955 it, it was just <laughs> right out of 1950 it was just <laughs> hilarious the the structural guy he took a picture of it he's like i can't believe it it hasn't been touched in 1955 <laughs> And anyhow, we, it was another uh, 60K to okay. rehab the rest of the house. Okay. Yeah. So you're so you're all in for, I don't know, what, 250? I can't do the math uh, in my head like that. But <laughs> 250, <laughs> um, that's close. Yes, yeah, close enough. Um, so what are you guys renting it for currently? Right now, I the rent is 1850 a month. Okay. So yeah. it's on the low side. And I just raised it. And it, it's really painful to tell the tenants, uh, you know, I'm going to raise your rent, but I look around and the average rent in, you know, South old Colorado city there is running at like 2,100 for a small two, one or a small three, one, uh, older house. So yeah. I was like, I'm still giving them a good deal. Yeah. And I think tenants are pretty receptive, um, to understanding like where you're coming from, you know, to that end, like trying to keep up a little bit with market rates while not trying to, you know, put too much pressure on, on great tenants like that. So, um, you know, I think that is just kind of one of those, um, you know, awkward things of being a landlord, um, in a way to have to, to worry about that. But honestly, yeah, I think that's a pretty, pretty good spread. Um, especially in that location, um, for sure. Um, do you guys have any information, like solid numbers, on what your ADU is looking like? 
Well, I think the builder, you know, before the inflation really kicked in yeah. you know, the last few years, uh, but he was quoting me, uh, I, I thought it was $200 a square foot, if I remember right. And I thought it's going to be about 850 square foot. Is it, it can only be like half the size of the main house. Uh, so I thought it was going to be 160000 total. And then at some point, you know, before the interest rates are going up, I was hoping to refinance, you know, and then, you know, kind of do some money moving around there. Yeah. Matt, you might have to restructure that, I guess, now to see <laughs> see what's most advantageous in that regard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think being able to build a whole new structure for that, I mean, I, I imagine you'll be able to kind of meet the 1% rule, I, I would guess, um, by the time everything's said and done, close enough to it right? Uh, on that I, one building. Yeah, so that's great. Right. Things are renting for, I think, it's somewhere between 2 and $3 a square foot. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah. I mean, you guys definitely get a little bit of a premium on, on the West side, um, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think just kind of based on what you described, you know, one or two bedroom brand new uh, structure like that, I imagine, you know, at the time of this recording, 15, 1600 seems very reasonable, um, if not, maybe even on the lower end. Um, so, yeah, um, for sure. So are your other uh, properties in Colorado Springs, are they just kind of bread and butter, you know, typical homes, go in, do a little bit of work and rent them out? Or do they have interesting plays on them as well? You know, I think, as you probably know, every every deal has a story to it. Yeah. Right? And so I, the second one we bought was a duplex. And I you know, tried my hand in multifamily. So I, I worked it out with structural. So let's try a duplex multifamily. And some uh, little old lady that wanted just to move, the place was in pretty, you know, disarray. Not bad, but not great. And it needed pretty much the whole thing. And I could not find a handyman or a general contractor. I called everywhere I could. I think this was a year later or two years later in 2019, 2020. And I finally hired a guy and he gave me some red flags, but I was like, well, let's the only person I could find. And he said 50K in three months. I'm like, sounds good. And it was just Everybody I sent in to help him ended up quitting. And I was like, well, I wonder why that is. And anyhow, he's doing great work, but it was all, he needed a crew and it was just him. And after three months and I think it was 60K already, and we still had another month or two to go. And (laughs) and I finally, I, I, I hate just straight up confrontation, but when he's just draining my checkbook and not getting there, it just, I had to fire him. I've never had to fire him. It was so traumatic to me to to just say, this is not working. (laughs) And, but he was good about it. And, uh, turns out that one of the crews that came through that did the cement work, I noticed that they were just really on top of things. So I reached out to them and he's like, absolutely. Let's come in. We'll bang it out for you. And it was, it was the difference night and day. It was unprofessional to professional. It was amazing. And then I finally saw the light of how these are supposed to go. Yeah. Well, that's like, you know, as painful as it was during, I'm sure it was a very good learning process that for, you know, this one, subsequent ones, and I'm sure into your fix and flip business, you kind of 
figured out exactly how to hone in on um, screening your professionals that that come in and do the work at that point. Yeah, that's sure uh, a tough thing to try to figure out, right? And and somebody told me is you know like if you're if you put up with subpar work, that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And but you just it's struggle trying to figure out what is subpar and what what's acceptable what's not and uh so yeah so that that was and, it, and we have great tenants in there and you know both side by side and they they all this seems like a little family down there so every oh, time that's I great get to show up i get to say hi to them so oh good so they've kind of you know relatively long term couple years um tenants in there yeah the just last year we had some turnover both both couples left about the same time okay and so i got two new couples in there about the same time so and they all they each have a dog and the dogs love each other and oh. there's this giant they, one of them has this giant great dane and it's just the the, the warmest nicest dog you ever would ever meet oh that's so good though i mean yeah if there's you know peace between neighbors then you know i'm sure everything kind of trickles up to you uh in in that regard um i guess i forgot to ask you earlier are you self-managing all your rentals down here i am i am i was just actually down the colorado springs this morning checking out the tenant at the other property the third one okay um and yeah, they took great care of it. And yeah, uh, yeah. So clean the gutters while it's down there. <laughs> so do you try to outsource a lot of, you know, if a tenant calls you and says, hey, you know, my faucet's leaking, do you jump in the car and drive down there and fix it? Or do you have like a network of contractors that you hire out? Or how do you handle that? That's a great question. And especially with... Uh, what's nine doors, eight, seven properties. And then our own house that we're managing, you know, try to fix, keep ahead of everything that breaks there yeah. too. Uh, so definitely, you know, I know I should be doing the, what is it? Who, not what, you know, <laughs> so try to find the, the, the person to sign it to. And I, the one part that I feel like for rental, for being a landlord, you know, cause this is your, you know, your, you know, this is my investment. Right. And, and if I don't take good care of it, I don't think anybody is, right? Mm-hmm. So so I've heard horror stories of people just blindly turning it over to, you know, their giant investment to a, a somebody to manage it. And it just, you know, they end up hiring or letting somebody in that's changing their motorcycle oil on the living room carpet, right? So it's really hard. And this is one of the most important things to make this successful is really screen for your tenants. Mm-hmm. and then if you can do that right, then everything else kind of lays out flat and, you know, is successful. So one part of the management I take very seriously is finding the right tenants and keeping in touch with them. So I do a lot of texting, a lot of group texts uh, with people. So that part is definitely on, on me. And then, so I'm trying to do, there's only so much Rick to go around. So, uh, I'm trying to hire more and sometimes I'm better, but like today I'm down there, you know, I can clean gutters like anybody <laughs> else. So, so if it's easy, I'll do it. If it's hard, I definitely call. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, cause you're, you're up in Longmont still, right? I'm in South Denver now. South Denver. Okay. Oh, then that's a much better commute then 
Okay. I was thinking you're coming from, from North of Denver down to Colorado Springs. So yeah, I, I, I know what that's like. I used to live in, in Parker myself and, you know, would commute down here to self-manage. So definitely doable for sure. Um, yeah, I think what you, what you mentioned in terms of screening and having, you know, that right tenant in the property, I mean, makes or breaks like your whole experience, I think. Um, so yeah, yeah if, if you're able to do that up front and, you know, just pick, pick that perfect tenant to, to occupy your property, they'll take care of it. And, you know, I think, I think the rest will fall into place in most cases for sure. Right. And then that was a lesson that I had to learn is when I first started, I, I really felt like I could tell whether if somebody was a good character or not. And I never screened. I just had a, called some references. And and I think it was uh, one of the properties here in, in uh, South Denver. This lady came and she had a hard luck story. And her ex-husband was the cause of all her problems. And she had two little kids, just like our kids. And and I was like, well, heck, I'll help you out. If you, if you just need a break, I am there to help you. <laughs> and, and then she she's fell right behind on rent right away and it just went downhill all just just and all of a sudden I my handyman went in there for fix something and he's like Rick I the ex-husband is living there now oh no I'm like oh no and I <laughs> again it's like I just I have a tough time affecting somebody with two little kids right yeah yeah I I can't even imagine and finally, it got to the point yeah. where it was just, it's just, it was getting worse and worse. They were about three months behind. I'm p- paying their mortgage, essentially, right? And uh, my handyman went in to fix something else. And and so he got to know him a little tiny bit. And then he texted me like one week. He's like, Rick, this your tenants, the ex-husband is on TV. He's being arrested for embezzling. I'm like, and I watched the video and sure enough, he was some roofing company and he was just get the money up front and you just walk off with it. And it's like, these guys were professional swindlers. And, wow. and I was like, oh my gosh, I got to, so I got out the what, notice to evict thing and hired a lawyer and, and it, we got her out of there. And I've just never been so relieved to have my place back. Oh my goodness. But now I assume that you have um, internal policies and procedures in place to uh to screen your tenants now yeah yeah so that, <laughs> i learned my lesson I'm, yeah <laughs> yeah and i uh, yeah so i do an online uh screen credit check background check and yep. and every time somebody comes to me with a hard luck story I, as much as i want to help them i i just say hey i've already been taken once for seven thousand dollars and as much as i want to help you i i just can't yeah, I I totally understand where you're coming from with that. That I think that to me is is the hardest part to you know kind of put blinders up for the the stories like you said and you know no matter how sweet a person is if they don't meet your stated criteria or the outlines that you've you've put for your property then you know you you have to stick to your guns and there's a reason why you have stated criteria cuz you know it's uh, to protect yourself in, in your property. So yeah, I, I can totally um, understand where the heartstrings come from um, in that regard and how difficult, I, I think that's almost like, you know, at least for me, it's one of the more difficult parts of, of being a landlord, I think is, you know, you want to help everyone, but you also have to 
keep, uh, keep your, your policies in mind, I think. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to kind of your footprint in Pueblo. Um, what are you doing down there right now? Right. So, uh, me and Doug, uh, he's my podcast co-host. So I have a podcast called secret sauce for success. And anyhow, so we interview people just like this. That's very odd to be on the other side here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we only have so much money, you know, cause a lot of it's tied up in different things. And so we found something affordable and Pueblo is affordable mm-hmm. uh, compared to, you know, Colorado Springs and especially Denver. And so we're looking at places, you know, first we just have to get calibrated, right? As you get to know any market. So mm-hmm. we're working with an agent down in, down in Pueblo and she knows the area. She's doing some flips with her and her family. So they kind of know the system. And so we thought, well, let's just fit right into their little stream of, of flips and see how that works. And so what she's been buying, and that's what we're buying now, is, is about we're trying to find something for 80 or 70 to 80K. And then we're trying to find put in about 50, 40, 50K rehab and then sell for like 180 and our goal is to make 30k on a flip. Okay. Great. So, um I I take it that that process has has worked for you guys. Um have you have you completed um any flips down there? Are you guys kind of midway through or or how's that going? Well, right. So Remember the story about the handyman that just didn't move fast enough? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I, these guys are great. They're doing great work. But it's we're coming up on five months. And that's a long time for us, like an 800-square-foot, two-bedroom, one-bath house. Yeah. And they needed everything, right? Of course. Yeah. And And the costs are, you know, again, you can blame inflation. You can, it's just the, the costs are being overrun. So we're, I think on Monday, we're getting all the appliances delivered. Tuesday, the plumber's going to come in and put the final stuff in. Wednesday, we're going to be done. Okay. <laughs> so we're right on the cusp of it. But I don't think we're going to make 30K. I think we're going to make 10 to 15K, maybe, you know, something like that. And then, so again, I'm new to the flipping business and the, I believe you get taxed at a, pretty high rate. <laughs> yeah. It's ordinary income at that point. Right. Yeah. And then what, yeah. what is that? 28% or something? Yeah. Whatever your tax rate is. <laughs> oh, okay. so, yeah. So we're, I, we're not doing very good on the first one. So, <laughs> so, but we're going to make money. So, uh, you but, know, honestly, from what I've heard from, for, I've never flipped in my life. So like disclaimer out there. Um, but from what I've heard of from flippers is that if you don't lose money on your first flip, then you've, you know, it was a success. So I would consider 10 to 15 K on your very first flip uh, uh, and a learning experience. That seems like a pretty good success. If you ask me. You sound like my partner, Doug. (laughs) (laughs) He's totally stoked about it. Yeah, that's uh, great. So we bought the second house. Uh, We bought that like uh, earlier this month and it was, it was a you know fixer upper of course, and we got it for seventy two. We put the offer in, pretty cheap. And after the inspection, we found well, what little inspection we could do. There was no utilities, 
And so, oh so we asked for a $2,000 discount. And the agent's like, no way. I was like, ask. And so they gave us a $2,000 discount down to 70. So it never hurts to ask on, <laughs> on these, you know, deals, right? So how does that work? Do you have to call like the, the water company, the electric company to come and install utilities on the property or how's that going to turn out? Right. So that, that's where we're at right now. Um, <laughs> so we had the water company come out there and for some reason, nobody was inside watching, which I don't, still don't understand, but they turned the water on. Water was flowing too much. They turned it off. <laughs> and it's like, well, it, it's been empty for eight years. And that, that is the craziest part. Wow. We walked the place. And so we bought it without seeing it. We bought it with just uh, doing a FaceTime with our agent down there. So we saw it, but not in person. And I would expect a property that's been sitting for eight years to have a lot of, I don't know, cobwebs. You know, I think Doug put it, he's like Indiana Jones walking through the cobwebs. Yeah. And, And there was a couple spiders. There was a couple mouse droppings around, but it, it just looked like it's been preserved for eight years. So interesting. I guess it has good insulation, good, good seals around the, the windows and doors. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. So we definitely, we have to work with the, we're going to have to get some general contractors out there to work with the city to get everything tuned up. We had the electrical out there. They said that we need to do some stuff and we're working with the people right now. Yeah, I'm curious. I don't know if you know the the answer to this, but if there was no electric utility in the property um, to get it reinstated, do you have to make sure like the panel is up to current code and, you know, the the voltage? I, I don't know much in the way of that, but I didn't know if you kind of have to like have it present day uh, standards to be able to reinstate utilities in that case. Yeah, they gave us the list. I, I, I have to say I haven't looked at the list in detail for some reason. But it was this place, it was, they put a new panel in, in uh, like 2012 or something. And they put new, oh. a new sewer line in, in 2012 and, and a <laughs> new roof. I mean, it's like right before they, it went under and they, they did a whole bunch of work to the place. And so I believe the panel is not too old. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. An eight-year-old sewer line and panel. I would definitely take that on a $70,000 house. Or... <laughs> right, right. We're even thinking about just uh, what flipping it and just demo it, get all the utilities on and try to sell it and see if we can make some money just getting the first part undone. Okay, so like kind of getting it up and ready for someone to take on, essentially. Maybe. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're trying to figure out, you know, what the, the best option is. So I believe tomorrow we're heading down to Pueblo and on the first house. So I, I always like to add, do something, you know, like the who, not what I'm terrible at it. So I like, I love doing backsplash. It, it's just a very easy thing to do. It was a little tile saw. You can make a kitchen look really nice. So Doug and I are going to head down tomorrow and finish the backsplash. And going to go meet the contractors at the other house, at the, the new number two house. Yeah. And so we, we found some new contractors that said that they can turn the house in six weeks. And for, I think it was like 40K. So we're, we're my partner, Doug, he, he's like, he's ready to go. And I was like, well, let's 
call the references. (laughs) You've been burned. You understand kind of, you know, the process for that. (laughs) But if we can get it done in six weeks, you know, we maybe we'll have a little business here. Yeah. Do you, do you plan on keeping any of your properties in Pueblo as rentals or do you want to kind of, you know, get in and get out? So that's a great question. Uh, you know, so the Angela, our realtor down there, I asked her the same question. I was like, should we be keeping any of these? Are you keeping any of yours? And evidently she was a property manager in a previous life and in Pueblo and mm-hmm. she does not want to keep any of her properties okay. because it's really hard to find good tenants. And I had a coworker tell me the same thing. He had some properties and just kept going through tenants, tried screening. So my first answer is no. And again, it, we're, we're trying to build up a little machine, a yeah, little cash flow machine to eventually maybe buy longer term rentals up maybe in Colorado Springs. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I bought my first um, Pueblo rental property earlier this year. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So knock on wood, I've been having, um, you know, fantastic experience with that. The property manager found some really, really qualified tenants, um, you know, that are taking great care of the place. So I'm like, okay, keep, keep going. And we have, you know, several clients um, that bought, you know, I I don't know, within the last year or so down there and, all reporting, you know, good things. So I think, you know, I, I think it depends kind of like where, where you buy. Um, and then of course the property manager that you link up with, cause you know, like you said, it all comes down to finding those great tenants that, that work for you. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with my rental property. So we'll have, we'll have to chat later. If, uh, you know, if you want to keep any of yours, I can, I can give you some references and everything. <laughs> yeah. So what location in Pueblo? Yeah. Asked. So in Belmont. Belmont. Yeah. So kind of by CSU, um, north of 50, east of 25. Um, so yeah, it's a um, pretty up and coming little area. I really like it. Okay. I'll have to yeah. take a look in there. Yeah, for sure. It's a pretty new, newish home, you know, in the eighties. So that, oh, that's, okay. that's new in my opinion, when it comes to rental properties. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it for sure. And can I ask you how many properties do you have? Um, let's see, I have 12, 12 properties and 18 doors. Very good. That's very yeah. impressive. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. And, you know, just kind of like what you said, just mess up on, you know, little bits here and there. And eventually you stop making those mistakes and then you learn new mistakes to make. (laughs) (laughs) It's just never ending. So yeah, I think I I love how candid you've been, um, you know, describing your mistakes that you've made. Hopefully it can help someone who's listening. Um, But I think it just goes to show that, you know, you have nine, nine doors and you didn't stop, you know, after a couple of mistakes here and there, I think that it's just part of the business. Right. Right. And <laughs> I, I, I just love real estate. You know, like you said, you can mess up, but not too bad, hopefully <laughs> yeah. and still recover, you know, with this rising interest rates, right. It's going to be a little tougher. Yep. Right. But I really believe in real estate. It's, it's, you know, besides working, trading your time for money, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I started my own podcast just to, to help spread the word, right? And you know, if I put a plug for my book, you know, I put wrote a book, <laughs> Secret Sauce for Success. So it's 
Pick it up on Amazon. Okay, good. That was where I was going to ask. Where where can people get it? We will have um, a link to your your podcast and your book um, in our show notes. And is there anywhere else that people can reach out to you? Uh, you can call me, of okay. course. Uh, you know, 720-429-3303. Uh, if you want to be a guest on our podcast. <laughs> and you guys, if, if you want to try our podcast, we'd love to have you on it. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, thanks so much, Rick. I really appreciate you coming coming on our, our podcast and just kind of sharing your experiences um, and your strategies and how your strategies differ between markets. And I think it's just really good for everyone to hear different options and different ideas that people have um, and how, you know, People, different people are making it work in you know any environment that we're in right now. So um, I appreciate you coming on and everyone uh, reach out to Rick in our show notes. And if you have any questions for me, um, you can reach out to me at Jenny at EnvisionREA.com. Thanks everyone. Thank you, Jenny. 